Hello, welcome to Black Sport. It's been an amazing atmosphere in Qatar as the African team grabs their first win in the World Cup 2022 in Qatar. So I am your host, Incident Uche, and with me here is our guest that you have before in the last episode, Inkofab Ikeda. Welcome to Black Sports. Yeah, thank you very much. It's good to be here. We had a good, we had a nice time the last time, but I hope today will be better. Yeah, much better because we have lost points. Okay, starting from the matches we have between the Morocco and Croatia, and between Switzerland, Cameroon, Portugal, Ghana, Qatar, Senegal, which is the match of the day. So we're going to pick up uh, pieces by pieces to have all this analyzed. So we'll start off with the stalemates that happened between Morocco and Croatia. I know uh, Puche was on a, on a platform last time. He was actually still for Cameroon, being one of the teams that uh, his favorite for this tournament. Do you think um, Cameroon have done um, justice to their game, having uh, a stalemate with Croatia? Cameroon? Oh, Morocco. Sorry, yeah, Morocco, sorry, Morocco. Have you well, Croatia? Well, Morocco against Croatia. Um, if you remember on the balance of things, uh, um, Croatia came out, actually made it to the final of last year, last World Cup. Exactly, that is that is that is the point. They are heavyweight and they are a team that should be one of the contenders for the World Cup. So Morocco giving a good, giving a good account of themselves in that particular game. Um, before now, I've been blaming African teams of taking the moral victory, taking the, you know, they play well, they struggle, they impose themselves. At the end of the day, they lose. And then we, we, we shout, hey, they did do Yeah, they didn't do well. Okay, I believe we're trying to, we lost them somewhere there. So basically, what we're actually talking about here has to do with the performance of uh, the Morocco team and the Croatia, and it was really uh, a one-sided game in the sense that we have the Croatians having um, having the possession of the ball. But regardless, um, you can see that both of the team has only two shots of target. And uh, in this situation, I would say that um, the the Moroccans did a very good job. Is actually holding this game to a stalemate for a 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah, they were they were they were not even defending. They imposed themselves on the game. They created yes. some good. They 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 could have won. They could have won. We know Croatia. They they can defend well. But Morocco impressed me a lot, especially through this year right back, um, the PSG guy. Okay, he did, uh, uh, Akimi. Yeah, Akraf Hakimi. Akraf Hakimi did so well. Uh, even the Chelsea Outcast seems to uh, also performed. That's it. Hakim Ziyech. Also yeah, performed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Our first press today. Yeah. Really that... Now, yeah. uh, speaking now, we're seeing that uh, Morocco have given us the, the that they are not a team you can actually uh, uh, push over in this tournament. So I believe this. Uh, this goalless draw have actually made also uh, a noise, giving them the momentum to, to foster ahead in, the, in their coming games. Do you agree now that going to the tournament now more, that they have a, a different mentality to approach the game? 
Definitely, because when you play so well against a top team, it tends to breed, bring in some confidence among the players and the coaching staff. If it completely changes the atmosphere in the dressing room, in the hotels, wherever they are staying, the atmosphere yeah. will be very positive and you can never, never um, take away the the impact of such atmosphere. So I, 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 hope, to, I hope to see them repeat such performance and then get some goals. Because goals get you points. So... Exactly. Goals uh, 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 that finite pass to uh, to bring, uh, bring out something positive. What do you say about the, the match between the Switzerland and Kimberley, whereby the long goal that gave the Switzerland the opening was from the real uh, Ebolo, who happens to be a Cameroonian born, and now has come to bite them at the 48th minute. Again, it boils down to the same thing I've been complaining. You play so well, you miss your chances, and then your opponent gets one chance and win. And and then we, we all we all we, we lost out. Hey, they did well, but they lost the game. <laughs> so I don't want I don't want to be I don't want us to be claiming that moral victory. We don't need that. I mean, Saudi Arabia was able to beat was able to beat the whole Argentina. Japan came from behind to beat Germany. So. It's not just about morality. We need to start scoring goals. We need to start imposing ourselves on the games. And the case of Cameroon was not a case of lack. I believe uh, the case of Cameroon, to me, uh, it has to do with concentration also. You have all the game within your power. You have the... Uh... You have the passes, you have the possession. Uh, the first half they had the, they had good good game, but they still lack that finite pass, that that decisive pass that actually turned out to be something uh, uh, um, that will give us give the stadium an uproar and to their to their glory. So um, I can see we are actually talking uh, moving over to the next part of the talking points, which has to do with uh, the Portugal and Ghana. This has a whole lot of talking points. I believe me, trust me, in Kenya, Portugal and Ghana, a whole lot of people believe that um, the first, before I go into that, the, the, the match ended in 3-2 with Portugal having the upper hand against the Black Stars of Ghana. So, a whole lot of reactions online talking about the penalty that was given by the uh, five-time goal scorer in five World Cups, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Do you agree that the decision of the referee and the VAR in that situation is not quite um, top-notch? I have one theory and it is the only explanation, only logical explanation to what happened in that whole game, not just the penalty incident. There, is, there can only be one explanation and that is VAR was not working that day. You cannot <laughs> tell me that VAR was working. No, uh, it's not... It's not <laughs> So you say yes. that VAR was actually not working entirely, that maybe he got mm-hmm. malfunction. That's what they didn't use it, they used, yes. they used it entirely in throughout the whole match. Yes. I stand by it. I and I can tell you. <laughs> 
probably there was a communication breach between the referee and the and the VAR or the VAR itself was not getting the feeds that it's supposed to get to be able to review certain incidents. Come on, I, I, I saw the game, you get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I followed it through one step at a time and you see what happened, you see what happened, you see, you, see, you know the likely, the most probable uh, decision that the VR will come to. The, the, the penalty incident between Ronaldo and and that uh, Ghanaian defender took less than a minute and the and the kick was taken, uh, they rather had to take the kick. Why? Because the VR was not checked. If it was checked, at least it would have taken some time. Now, had it took some time and the, the, those guys were able to say, yes, this thing, the referee got it. The referee made a decision, but there was no clear and obvious, no clear and obvious error. Yes. That's, that's from the FA, the England guys. No clear and obvious error. Then maybe we could understand. But then, when I look, I've I've seen that replay over ten times. I that it again, and man, it was clear. This is shoulder to shoulder tackle. The yeah. the contact between between the guy and Ronaldo was so minor, was so little. It was just non-existent, in fact, because so it was it, highly negligible. I read an article from from Mike Dean uh, from, from uh, one of the internet uh, internet uh, newspapers, and Mike Dean was shocked. Like you know, a whole Mike Dean, a whole Mike Dean. Uh, that's how I love Mike that one. Mike Dean was shocked so, with the reactions. I worry me. Speaking about, um, if you notice, uh, unlike, I- I'll be really honest with you, um, the whole of history at some point, um, the referees have had a whole lot of errors in the game, not just in um, in the possible match, even in the, uh, the last match between, um, you see, well, uh, talking about between USA and England, most of the corners, most, they're not really being top of their game. Some minor, minor, uh, um, or... A commitment has been made and you see it's been overlooked some games some corner kicks you blow in a cold kick as uh, i believe that there seems to be a lot of uh, discrepancies in their officiating in this um, fifa um world cup tournament is it has yeah. to do with um, because this has nothing to do with the vr even the the, the official itself seems not to be adopting their uh, eyes and crossing their teeth well along yeah, you know this referee thing has to has to come in the different ways you get. Now, FIFA as a governing body, as an international governing body, wants to project that um, uni- um, unity in diversity. They want to bring everybody in and get everybody part of, to be part of the system. You know, yeah. so because because of that, sometimes you have to just have a have have a level that you can pick. You just don't speak. You pick the best that the people that fall into certain brackets from different different regions. Oh, okay. So um, sometimes something like this can make you drop a little, go a little bit down on the level that you can pick. But that is to the good of the game because just imagine a European referee actually handled the Portugal versus Ghana game. Okay, you get. Yeah. I I will be here accusing the referee of being biased towards an European nation. Yeah. That kind of a thing. So they just want to pick referees from different different places, and because of that, quality will drop. You can't tell me that the quality of football played in played in um, Asia is the same 
or the quality of a free in Asia is the same with that of Europe or the same with that of England, uh, of South America. So it's, it's just they just have to make that compromise. But still, but still, the right decision has to be made. And coming to the in many most of these cases, the default is not that of the referee because there has been a lot of clamor for us to help referees as often as possible yeah. help the out help them out because these things are happening in real time and it's happening so fast so any a little a, a, a fraction of a second can change a decision so they need help so i don't blame the referee for awarding that penalty to portugal but I blame the VAR for not telling the, the referee, please go and take a second look at this. Let's okay, just you, you, you just take a second look. And again, the same there, there was a second goal from Rafael Leao. Rafael Leao yeah. scored that. It doesn't look like a goal to me. It looked like an offside. But okay, no, yeah. no problem. Not the best they told you, remember, they told us that they employed Hawkeye. Hawkeye. They are the guys that brought in goal line technology in in Europe. Why those guys to be able to also determine offline goals for us? And normally, normally when goals are scored with questionable offline calls, they give us a picture of the lines that were drawn, they get a graphical picture showing why this person was either offside or not offside. I did not see that. I waited for it. I waited for it. The game ended. I did not see that. <laughs> So why wouldn't I blame them? Why would I say that this thing happened because there was no VAR? Okay, at least let there be some time because normally it takes like 30 seconds to determine determine if a goal was either offside or not. Yeah. And determine that. No problem, they couldn't. So when I came online, people started drawing their lines and their lines showed obvious. <laughs> okay, people were drawing their own lines. Indeed. Yes. Yes, and it showed offside, no problem. But they shouldn't have given us that option to start drawing lines. They should have just that it is either offside or not offside. So oh, that's it. All right. Um, let me actually uh, take a halt there while we actually go for a commercial break. And in case you're joining us, this is a black spot where we talk about the African uh, sports community. We're here giving you the insight of what's happening in World Cup, a FIFA World Cup right there in Qatar this 2022. So we'll meet up after the uh, commercial break. They say even trust is built. When it comes to building materials, Edifice Marked is the right brand to trust. We sell and supply standard building materials such as PVC ceilings, POP cements and accessories, roofing materials, nails, asbestos ceilings and many more. You can locate us at number 3 Abriba Alayi Road, Akara Junction, Ahaba Imeyi, Abia State, Nigeria. Contact us on 080-532-41913 or 080-376-90432. At the first mart, sustainable building solutions. 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 
Hey, welcome back. This is Black Sport. So, in case you're joining us, don't forget to follow us on our social media platform like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on the handle on the handle at B L A Q S P O R T Black Sports. So, still on the Portugal and Ghana analysis, it happens to be uh, since after the the first opener by Cristiano Ronaldo. So the Ghanaians happened to shock the whole world by actually giving us uh, an equalizer. Okay, so the equalizer didn't last long. Um, the equalizer was from Andrew Ayu, and it didn't last long for Joe Felix. Gave us in the 78th minute. And um, we also have another one by Rio, um, Rio Leo, which I will see to be an offside. And we have the shocker by Bukari with the celebration of Cristiano. That actually caused a whole lot of reactions online. And um, before I ask, um, do you think um, when, let's talk about the celebration by Bukari, uh, a whole lot of reactions saying that Cristiano was a little bit, um, this will show uh, a pleasing reaction when he celebrated that goal. To be honest, I am not even I'm not even interested in that Cristiano celebration. <laughs> no, no, no. I I'm inter- I was interested in the celebration, but not interested whether it, whether um, people <laughs> people think of Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. That, now the reason is this: eh? the the Ghanaians came into that game as with, with total lack of confidence. They didn't, they don't yes. have any belief in themselves. People say they played where they were able to show, they were able to, you know, um, keep Portugal quiet. But I, I, I bet to disagree because Portugal did not give a good account of themselves. They, they really did not impress me personally. But Ghanaians were able. They tried to defend too much. They couldn't even put two passes together. The one thing about defending is that why you are defending, one of the ways to defend is to also show your opponent that you can attack. Now, when you show open your opponents that you can attack and you can create chances, then they will be more cautious while putting the pressure on you. When if they are more cautious putting the pressure on you, the ability to attack diminishes. Yeah? But for the whole of first half, I was totally, totally unimpressed with Ghana because they were just putting the ball away, throwing it out, just making too many errors that they cannot even there was, there, was, there was no way they, they can just try to give a shot on target or try to, put, to pull up a counter attack. But then, uh, after they were after the goal was scored, if, if after that first goal was scored, they had no choice. Get they had no yes. choice that. And then when they came out, couple of mistakes and good football, they, you know, helped them to actually get a goal, get a goal, and that was it. But then. When they scored the goal, they celebrated wildly. That wow, yes. Yeah. That, that's from Ayu. Now they celebrated wildly that they have just equalized. The referee rushed. The coach rushed to make some changes, you know, to keep the result at one zero, at one one. Now when he made those changes, Portugal scored. Portugal scored two one. Portugal scored three one. Now you are three goals down. You are two goals down. You yes. need to actually two more goals to equalize there is no time that's inside the 80th minute already inside the 80 minutes already so you now find that rare chance a very rare opportunity to score a goal and when you score that goal the only thing you could think of is to celebrate wildly <laughs> remember 
like the way yeah, you're yeah. talking about it this way. Okay. So, <laughs> so it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. You have not won the game. You've not even drawn. You are going home with zero points. Why are you celebrating? You get so the moment he celebrated that, you, if you if you check very well, nobody was celebrating with him. The only guy that came close to him told him, "Come, on, come, 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 and let's let's restart the game and try to win." So he totally forgot himself, which means that he was not really interested in the result, but inter- but just overwhelmed by the fact that the fact that, that he scored, and this is from the same thing that we blame Ronaldo for. So why, when a smaller player does that, we should blame the person because it's it's always about the team. It has to be about the team always. So if you have such mentality coming to coming to a game, then I'll be wary of putting you in a game because I don't want selfish players in my team. So uh, going forward to the game that ended in three two, do you see? Uh, a strong side uh, against their next opponent that should be um, South Korea. Even well, I think they have shown. I think they have shown that they can attack. They can actually do some. They can hurt opponents. So it's not left for them whether to keep defending or at least make some attempts to attack. I saw South Korea's game. South Korea, they were not fantastic, but they can actually they can actually fight for their games. They can actually fight fight for. Going to be a really, a really strong battle for them to actually get something out of games. It's, it depends on them. I'll be looking forward to that. I, I as always, I'll root for them as an African team, and I want them to do well. But they have to do better than they did against Portugal. They have to do much better than they did against Portugal to win. All right, that's well said. I'm going to the match of the day. The waiting for they has to do between the second um, leg for the. Between Qatar and Senegal, the hosting co- country lost one to three to Senegal, and this is uh, like a comeback for the African champions. So now this begs the question: What we're saying? The Senegal a, a lot. I myself, inclusive, believe that the scoreline does not really reflect what it should be. This should be a festival of goals in this situation. Do you agree with me? Definitely. In fact, that that game was a good of a game of the the that's the lowest the game in terms of quality. That's the lowest we have seen in this World Cup in terms of quality, because both teams you are lacking in quality. That was not impressed at all. This is a game you expect Senegal to actually try to impose themselves and try to try to show that they can create chances. They can play fluid attacking football. This is a game to use to regain your confidence yeah. in, a, in, a, in a situation where we are shattered by, despite your the last game. This is a game you have to actually rebuild yourself, rebuild yourself, show the world that, yeah, you can play. But unfortunately, we did not see that. They struggled for the most part of the game. And when they eventually scored, they scored from a very rookie mistake from one of the, from the uh, uh, Qatar defender, Qatari defender. Yeah, that's the, yes, with the with he played the ball out. Yeah, and after that goal, they they now scored a great header, a fantastic one. But it's, yes. it's, it has to be said, it has to be said that was a set piece goal, not taking any, anything away from a set piece goal. But it also means that they've not created a chance until died into the second half. And after those two goals, they made some changes and they've completely forgot how to play. They stopped playing and. Qatar dominated them. I, I was wondering, this is Qatar. Forget the fact that they trained for six months before this tournament. They are still Qatar. 
how can Qatar dominate Senegal? Fine. And they dominated them to the point that they scored. And when they scored, it was a big celebration for them. Yeah, scoring your first World Cup goal, still a big celebration. They celebrated it as widely as they can, and the game forgot to play, which allowed Senegal to create that beautiful chance, which is quite a beautiful goal, to be honest. They, they were able to break down. I, I like it when you're able to throw passes that can tear down defenses and cause and, and cause a goal. That is the real goal. That is that yeah. shows that they play, and they were able to, you know, break down the defense and create a chance and hit the ball in the net. So I was quite impressed with that. But overall, they were not able to give me the confidence. Remember, I had confidence from the first game they played. I was happy that they yeah. can. Think. So now I was, I was looking at them, expecting them to give me the play, give me the ball, give me the show that I am expecting, and it didn't come. So. He looked at them and said, okay, I'm not going into the, the last match with any optimism. I'm going there with whatever I see, I think. Okay, that's true. And um, speaking about the man of the moment, Mendy, Mendy uh, did quite some wonderful, nice two saves that I must say uh, is really the highlight of, uh, of the match. So with this, uh, with this uh, few saves that he's made, I believe that Mendy is actually told us that he's here to actually make an impact. I know the the goal that actually went obviously that is uh, was meant to happen because he have to jump in between the two defenders just like uh, doing the Cristiano Ronaldo uh, uh, um, style to get the header to find it at the back of the net. But you can't take that away from Mendy for such a wonderful performance tonight. Um, that, that's, that's what we always say. You do well, we praise you. you you do badly we have to attack you and you have to take that yeah. <laughs> it was it was really a fantastic save honestly the second yeah. one they had to uh you have to fight it out not i just, really didn't see that not, one. not just one save. he made a number of good very good saves in that game which is fantastic which also which is also worrying at the same time because worrying because the senegal should not let Qatar team dominate them they should not but those those saves came because Qatar were, Qatar were attacking and attacking and you know throwing some waves and waves of attack on them and yeah. he took he took some fantastic save from Mendy to keep to keep the result very low to keep the result very low until Senegal were able to recover themselves. So I really admire as in I was really happy. I that, that I, I saw the I saw the Mendy that was able to win Chelsea the Champions League yeah. uh, last. So I saw that that in that game. But then I need a little bit of consistency from this is a world cup. You don't get too many chances. And that one will come in the next four years. So if you are there, you have to be there. You have to show your best. There is no bad day acceptable from you. You have to have show putting your best foot every single match. Okay, going through the table now for the group A, we have Netherlands, Ecuador, Senegal, and Qatar. That is the standing as it is, respectively. And you have uh, Netherlands having four points, Ecuador having four points also, and why Senegal is actually um, crawling behind with three points, um, while Qatar is here to get their first point of the tournament. Now, with this, this is quite an interesting um, uh, uh, lineup. Or standings. So, do you see Senegal coming out of this one with their next match, uh, their final group stage match being between uh, Ecuador? Do you see them coming out with this match? Because even if they get a, a draw in this game, 
uh, I would say it wouldn't still warrant them to give them uh, a, a lead because we have 4-4 and the goal difference, they are still on zero goal difference. You know that. The, the Ecuador I saw today, the Ecuador I saw today, <laughs> they were they were so good, so dominant against the Netherlands side that is coached by, by Luis Van Gaal. Yeah. So, wow, they were so, so good. It's, it's, it's just football and bad luck that that's the reason why they were able to be, they, they were able to defeat the Netherlands today because they threatened they were the better camp. side they were the better they, side they were just I just they were just fantastic for me I I, I I loved their game so it's on the balance of things I don't think Senegal can be able to defeat them but one positive which is not good for the Ecuadorian guys Ecuadorians is that their best player who happens to be their top scorer? I think he's the one that scored all their goals. Yeah, no other. Valencia. Valencia. Yeah, so Ena Valencia has been the player for the goals, but he he hobbled off injured this in Latin today. Yeah. He was he had, had to be padded with a lot of eyes on his knees. So I think he will not be able to play in that game. And if he's not able to play, then that means they are losing. They are missing a very vital part of their play, that or that of their uh, uh, system. So it's an opportunity for Senegal to pounce on it and make the most out of it. They have to get their ass right. Let them stop. If they are still mourning their absence of money and create, they should stop because they have enough quality to you know impose Match. themselves for yeah. points for the game. Today, a draw is not acceptable, a defeat is no, no, no. So they have to go out there, attack and win. So it's left for them to actually give us something to be proud of because they are the best and they are the best team in Africa at the moment. And they have to prove it to the world stage. All right, you're giving us your own take on what is expected from Senegal in their coming match against Ecuador, which uh, is meant to be sealed with a win and nothing more short of that. Okay, so now to round this up, I need to, I really want to appreciate you for your time. In Kofab is really, really, uh, I would say, we really do appreciate you coming over here to share more insight concerning what is happening over there in Qatar in the FIFA World Cup 2022. So uh, rounding that up, um, a bit of words from you. What do you think about the whole African teams? Do you think that in this competition, they lack what obviously I can see a lot of lack of concentration in all the African teams. Sometimes they are apart. Sometimes they seem as if they lost touch. You, you, you're not concentrating on the pass you're giving. You're giving some loose pass. That lack of concentration, how do you think that they'll be able to have this? Because it's affecting almost their games and most teams seem as if that they are giving much respect to their opponent or, or, or uh, the opposing side. How do you think we can avert this and have a fair result coming forward in the as we go through the second phase of the group uh, group stage matches? I think Africa should stop being comfortable with moral victories. They should stop being okay with near misses. It is no longer acceptable. We are no longer in the 80s or in the 90s when we are just coming up into into the world of football, trying to start our name in the world of football. We are already here. We've been here for a long time, so we need to start. We need to start beating opponents. We need to start beating them real good. So, what are their chances? I, on the balance of things, I've seen. I can. I, I have to accept 
that the quality we possess as a players we have does not really match that of our opponent. So it's always an uphill task for us. But we need to look in walls. We need to develop African football for the better. We need to improve our local leagues. And the government, for goodness sake, should stop interrupting with local leagues so that they can be able to grow on their own and be more competitive. So our chances is slim. Our chances are just very, very low. I think you have to be hyper optimistic to expect much from this current, uh, for this current players or for the current teams we have we have presented here. So I'm not expecting too much, but I'm quite. I, I want to see surprises because surprises are possible. We have, as much as we don't have the best of players, we have players capable of creating havoc, creating problems for even the biggest teams or even the best teams. So I want to see something from them. I want to see them give us joy, you know, cause some, cause some unexpected results. And I am looking at Morocco, I'm looking at uh, um, the other North American, North African team. Okay. I'm Tunisia, Tunisia. So, Tunisia. Yeah, I'm looking at them as well. Cameroon disappointed me the most because it was not because they were not creating chances. They were creating chances, and the players that would normally put these chances away failed to score these goals. Look at Chupamotin. Chupamotin normally would score this goal four times, four out of five times in Bayern Munich. So why would he miss a one-on-one in the World Cup stage, the biggest stage of all? Why would he? Look at yeah. a fantastic player in Mbwemo of, of, of Brentford. I failed to see him impose himself on the game. Why? So they have those to be. We have Anguissa. Anguissa is a fantastic player. He played for Villarreal. Very, very good guy. So, yeah. don't tell me that you don't really have players. You have players. I know you are not up to the... Getting to the quarter and semi-finals every single year. We should be hitting that point every single year. Because if you Mourinho will tell you that if you if you if you get to the quarterfinals anything can happen so you have to always get to the quarterfinals because anything can happen anything can happen so i need to see more fight from them and i need to see them putting away their chances this lack of concentration that keeps getting them miss out on vital moments of the, of the match has to stop it has to stop for goodness sake because <laughs> you can find the game you can play well for 90 minutes and that's one moment at the end that means who wins and who loses so there is no there is no fault there is no trophy for moral victories there is no trophy for possession there is no trophy for chances created it's all about the goals it's all about the goals the goals are the most important thing you score you celebrate you it doesn't Score it yeah. anyhow, anyhow, he will, will celebrate you. So they need to understand these things and start giving us something better. All right, thank you so much, Inkofab. I'm I'm really, really thrilled uh, with all you have actually given us this moment. And uh, I believe, uh, I pray that you'll be with us on Monday. We're gonna have Joshua Gosimbom of Cameroon. We're here to, uh, I, I call him anything Cameroon football. I wish you'd be here to have some good talking points with him. Uh, we need to iron this out, what is happening right there with the Indubitable um, Lions of Cameroon. All right? Yes, yeah. Alright, so we're going to draw the curtain. So much, okay, and feel free to go online to listen to.
LAQ SPOLT and don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and other media platform as LAQ SPOLT on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also in YouTube. Okay, see you in the next episode and don't forget wherever you are in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, in Antarctica, in America, Black Sports will find you. Have a wonderful evening. Bye. Bye.